The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Company's Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today's episode of Smart Companies is brought to you by Benedictine College and Audible.com. And to get your free download from Audible.com, we're offering a very special link that will allow you to download one of their 150,000 titles at no charge. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Thinking bigger to take advantage of that free offer. AudibleTrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Our guest today is an entrepreneur and a connector. His name is John Rampton, and he is the managing editor of Search Engine Marketing News Site, Search Engine Journal. He's also the founder of Palo Alto, California-based Adigy, which is a marketing company that specializes in helping startups. He also serves as an advisor and an investor to SEO Engine. Welcome to the show today, John. Hey, thanks for having me. The buzz these days is digital, it's SEO, all things online, basically. What was your gateway into that digital world? How did you get interested in it? So I got interested in the SEO world um, probably about seven to eight years ago. I was working at a company, and I was literally picking up the phone every single day and calling people, and it was so tedious. Um, I found that I could only call so many people every single day, so I started looking for other ways to sell people, and I found online marketing. So I started... Basically, um, I got paid $8 a sale, Mm -hmm. so I went on to Craigslist, and I said, hey, people, I'll pay you $6 if you sell this, and that kind of started my whole online marketing, getting into the whole SEO and learning to sell things online, getting ranked in the search engines, etc., well, and you, you've done a fabulous job, obviously, and you are very involved in the blogging world. And uh, just just talk to us about how that career in SEO evolved to include blogging sites and content generation and all of that. Yeah, so obviously uh, over time, I mean, uh, my blogging career started, I mean, I, I started off small. I started writing for, I had my own little blog. Um, I started a little site called Techie Mania with a friend where I blogged every single day for a year. I blogged probably two to three times a day, just teaching people how to blog mm-hmm. and, you know, very, very beginnerish. Um, from there, I moved on and I noticed, you know, I only had my little limited audience. So I started blogging for other people and noticed that bigger audiences were on bigger sites. So I started working with other sites and working my way up. So I worked my way from, you know, my own blog to a couple other people's blog to a little more influential to a little more influential and just kind of started working my way up. 
until now today I, I blog for Forbes, I blog for Entrepreneur Magazine, I blog for Huffington Post and many other, you know, prestigious blogs. Yes, and we see your name out there quite a lot. What would you say to the average business owner? When I say average, I mean, you know, the Main Street business owner who, well, maybe they haven't heard of it, but I think most people know that they should be generating content, that that's what people are looking for. But I'm running my business. I don't have time for this. What What's your answer to that? Um, make time. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty that's much... That's so easy, easy to say. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so easy to say, but, I mean, uh, find just a little bit of time to, you know, collect your thoughts online. I mean, the biggest thing about blogging and content creation is you need to you need to become the leader and the thought leader online. Um, so if if you're a business and you're really trying to expand your business online, you need to be out there and you know, showing people that you're the leader. Mm -hmm. You can't be a leader if you're not participating. You can't be a leader if you don't show up. So if you're not showing up for a race, nobody's going to ever know that, you know, Mm -hmm. first of all, you can't run the race, but second of all, you can't show anybody that you were there. Right. So I always recommend to people, like, show up. Let me ask you this. Some people, uh, some business owners, knowing that this is a necessity in today's digital environment, will set, recognize they don't have the time, and so they outsource it. Is that fair? Yeah. All I kind of recommend if you outsource your content is make sure you're outsourcing to the right person because this person or company is your voice and will determine the direction of your company and, you know, if you're outsourcing it to a company that isn't very credible or doesn't speak the language very well or, you know, is going to unreputable places to place your content, you know, you're going to get unreputable people coming back. Sure. Yeah, more recently, some of there, there have been new tools coming out to help with the blogging. Obviously, WordPress is a very easy blog uh, format to break into, makes it very simple and intuitive. But recently, LinkedIn has even started a publishing component. What are your thoughts on that? I I like LinkedIn uh, a lot. I publish there very frequently. Uh, I think it's a great place to reach, you know, a different audience. Uh, Each one of these publishing platforms really is a different audience, a different community, you know, for a business, you know, a plumber LinkedIn might not be the greatest, mm-hmm. but it might. You never know. Um, lots of businesses are on LinkedIn. Lots of professionals are on LinkedIn. It's a very great resource to connect with those types of people. Okay. So really it goes back to the old average that's as, or adage that's as old as advertising is where you just you need to know where your audience is and show up as you said earlier, show up in those places. Uh, it would you know just you know back years ago you wouldn't have wanted to be in popular mechanics when it still existed if you were trying to sell bridal attire, you know, you yeah. you have to know where your audience is and meet them at that spot whether you're online or whether you're in more traditional media. Correct, yep. Yeah. So whenever you talk about content generation, what really drives the success? I've heard people complain that, 
we put up a really great post and it got zilch notice. Uh, so what really makes a post successful? Is it the content or is it trying to get it in front of the right audience? Or is it both? Does the content drive the audience? I mean, how does all that work? So I like to think of content like baseball. Um, how many times do Pete, how many batters are there that get up to base? You know, there's a lot. How many of them strike out? A lot of them. How many get singles? How many get doubles? How many get triples? How many get a home run? How many get a grand slam? Like, it's the same odds with content. Mm -hmm. Like, the more times you get up to bat, the more chances you're going to have. If you, The more times you show up, the more times you're going to, you know, get a potential single or double or triple. Are you ever going to get a home run? Probably not. Like, it takes a lot to get a home run. It takes a lot of preparation, a lot of work, many years in the business, like knowing, you know, how to hit a ball. What does it take to get a grand slam? Like, like in, in baseball, it's like one in every 1,800 people that get up to bat is mm -hmm. a grand slam. Yep. How often is that? Very, very unoften. I mean, it's not right. often at all. It's rare. I mean, I, I also also say, I mean, with that analogy, like going back to content, like so many people like write this amazing content. They put hours and hours and hours of work into it. They put it on their blog and then they go back to work. Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, I always suggest like people should really focus on their content instead of pumping out 10 pieces of content, pump out like one amazing piece of content and push Push the hell out of it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, continuing with the baseball analogy, it's not a case of if we build it, they will come, uh, yeah. like in Field of Dreams. You do. As you said, you just can't post it out there. You need to then uh, post it onto uh, Facebook or Google Plus or, you know, I'm sure that there's a whole list. I just said some obvious ones, but a whole list of places where you need to uh, push it out to. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean – Again, the field of dreams didn't even happen. I mean, <laughs> if you watch that movie, uh, it, it took him years, uh, well, uh, probably not years, but took him months of preparation to build the field of dreams. Right. Same with your content. If you want people to come, like, you have to really prepare yourself, write amazing content, and do the necessary steps, like posting it on Facebook, buying some Facebook ads, Google+. Twitter, sending it to every single one of your contents, to, um, doing an email newsletter, mm -hmm. you know, really pushing it out there to people. Kind of what I was going off on the other one is so many people just throw up a piece of content and don't do anything. I recommend that a third of your time should be putting together the content, a third of your time should be on the title of your content, and a third of your time should be on the promotion of your content. What are some of the tips that you can give us on, obviously pushing pushing the content out is huge, but what are some of the tips that you can give us about uh, the blog post itself that can help with your SEO and with the search engines? Uh, you mentioned the title, spending a third of the time on the title. Some people would find that to be an inordinate amount of time, but it's incredibly important for SEO purposes. So, So what are some of the other things that, 
from a format standpoint, you know, from a posting standpoint that are important? Yeah, I I, I got that tip actually from BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And we all know BuzzFeed is a pretty large site, and they do pretty well. They spend a third of all the article time on the title. They come up with typically 10 titles for every single post. They send it around internally, and then they test it. Um, so they'll post this title, and you notice BuzzFeed titles will change a lot of times because one performs better than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the same with your title, you know, the title of your article. It's the most important thing. It's what's going to capture a person's attention. You know, if people don't click on it, they'll never read it. And your title is by far the most important. So I would test that, you okay. know, a lot internally. Mm-hmm. We, we send it out. Come up with, like, ten titles and narrow it down to, like, one or two. And then, you know, put those out on social media, you know. Put one title for something then link to the article, another title for it, and just continually test and see which one people click on more. Yeah. I also suggest, to, I mean, going along the promotion, like, put a little bit of money behind that. Typically, my my average article, I'll put, you know, 25 to 50 bucks on Facebook ads behind an article. That gets it in front of more people. It shows it to more people. Same with Twitter ads and LinkedIn ads. You know, of course, depending on where your demographic is. Right. Some money behind it. You're putting in a lot of time. I always go to CEOs and I say, how much do you pay yourself? And they're all, none of them will ever share how much they pay themselves. Of course. But I'm like, all right, let's let's assume you pay yourself $25 an hour. Hopefully it's more than that, but you never know. 25 bucks an hour. You spent three hours writing this post. So that's, uh, you know. $75. $75. But, like, you're writing a post every single day. Well, why not just write a post, like, once or twice a week mm-hmm. and take the rest of that money and put towards promotion? Hmm. Instead of just putting it up and then leaving it and don't doing anything, stop writing another post, put that extra 75 150 bucks towards the post, and really push it online. Mm-hmm. Get it in front of as many people as possible, and your content will go a lot further. Nothing in this world, I feel, is truly viral, you have to really prepare for the virality and kind of push in the very beginning stages to make something go viral. Yeah, you have to create that. We're going to take a quick break, John. When we get back, I want to talk to you about some more of the ways that you can format your post in order to get the best read. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. It's true, who you know is important, but what you know and how you apply that knowledge is what helps accelerate your career. Benedictine College's Executive MBA program is the only one-year Executive MBA program in Kansas City. The North Johnson County campus and weekend class times are convenient and allow you to learn from world-class thought leaders and collaborate with other executives who intend to make a difference in their business and their community. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors today, Audible.com. They're a leading provider of spoken digital entertainment and information. If you go on out to our radio page at ithinkbigger.com forward slash radio, you're going to see a very special link, and you can click on that to get a free month services and a free Audible book download. They've got a huge selection of titles, and 150,000 in some, I would think, including 
some of the books that our authors that you hear on this show have written, like Mike Michalowicz and John Jantz. And what's really great is that you can listen on any device, including whatever you're listening to right now to hear this show. So again, go on out to the special link you'll find on our radio homepage, ithinkbigger.com forward slash radio, or audibletrial.com forward slash thinkingbigger, and you can get one free audiobook and one month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com forward slash thinkingbigger. Would the real Obamacare please stand up? The No Politics Spend Free Zone for Healthcare and the Affordable Care Act. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, and I'm joined every week by your federally certified Affordable Care Act specialist, Mr. Greg Howard. That's a mouthful. You said it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what we really do. What we really do is help people understand how the Affordable Care Act impacts them, their family, their business. We make it simple so that people can go on with their lives. Couldn't have said it better myself, and you'll find it every Friday at 1 p.m. on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's Would the Real Obamacare Please Stand Up, Fridays at 1. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with John Rampton. He is the managing editor of Search Engine Marketing News Site, Search Engine Journal, and also the founder of a company called Adigy, which is a marketing company that specializes in helping startups. And we've been talking today about how to create good content, how to get that content pushed out so that you really create the virality that John was talking about. You just can't put it out there and hope that somebody's going to see it. You have to work at this. You have to really put a lot of effort into it. It's not A lot of times, John, we hear that, uh, social media and that everything, all this digital marketing is free. But as you pointed out in your great example about uh, how many hours you spend on it and what your average hourly salary is, it it can really add up. The time is money. So what I want to ask you about now is, you know, the title. We talked about the title being very critical to to mm-hmm. uh the SEO and how important it is to test the title. A lot of times people are instructed to write these catchy titles with numbers in them, nine ways, 36 whatever habits. And so that can backfire. I, I, you know, people, people sometimes get a little frustrated with that. In fact, it's called clickbait sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that true? I, I know there's different schools of thought on all these types of types of uh, techniques, but what's your thought on, especially the numbers? You see so much of that anymore. Is it, is it kind of running its course? I mean, yes and no. I mean, your title is your most important piece of a post. So, I mean, the more clickbaity, the more clicky you can make it, the mm-hmm. more intriguing to a person, the more they're going to click on it. And I mean, it, it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you still remember back in the day newspapers, like it's the flashy title <laughs> right. that gets you to read the newspapers. So I don't see that going away. Yeah. Like everybody's like, yeah, it's a thing and all this. I'm like, yeah, not really. It's been a thing forever. So mm-hmm. pretty much assuming. I mean, I think people will get a little more savvy, but okay. Not what, much. what about the length of a post? Does that matter? Can it be three sentences? Should it be a chapter? I mean, what's what's the um, you know there's, spot? there's been lots of you know data on this. There's a couple of companies that have come out and said you know uh, they analyzed two thousand. Uh, the top 2,000 keywords in Google and the average post length was 1,600 words. 
Hmm. Um, I tend to agree with them, whereas others disagree. Um, I like my post to be longer. Uh, my average post length is probably in the 1,500-word length. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean, I mean, really don't pay attention to post link or anything like that. Pay attention to the content for your customers. Okay. Most customers won't read a 1,500-word length post. They'll read, a, you know, six to 800-word post. I think, again, just pay attention to your customer. And, if you know, if a piece is 200-word and it's amazing to your customer and it helps them out, that's what's going to be what moves the needle. Sure, and and perhaps you do a series. Perhaps instead of one great big long three thousand word post, you break it up into two or three parts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what? Uh, let's let's turn to startups. You work with a lot of startups, and you help them with their marketing. We all know that startups are cash poor, and that marketing tends to be fairly expensive. So, how do you help them marry that need to? create awareness for this great new thing that they're developing along with the fact that they have no money to promote it. For startups, most of the time startups just can't think of ideas and that's one of their biggest, you know, hardest things. I usually when all when I start working with a, a startup, they know that they need content. They know that they need to promote things. They know that they need to do things. They just are so busy that they don't have time to think about what to do. So usually I'll sit down with them I'll come up, you know, we'll sit down for half an hour and we'll come up with, you know, 20, 30 different titles or ideas of posts, you know, for them to write, you know, like you're a plumber, like, hey, one of our biggest, I helped a plumber last year, one of our most, the coolest posts that did very well was um, 25 DIY things you can do with old plumbing supplies. (laughs) You want to give a couple of examples just for kicks? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was like, that was one that we put on Pinterest, and now that has like over 60,000 repins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for that thing. I'm, I mean, just come up with, you know, 20, 30 ideas like that with this startup, and that gives them, you know, a couple months worth of content that they can just be like, oh, all right, that's a decent idea. Let's write that, and they can run with it. Right. It, it's mainly coming up with those ideas. What are some of the trends in this area that you see coming? Obviously, you're on top of the things that are going on right now, but typically people in your position can see other things that are starting to bubble up before the rest of us do. What do you see coming down the pike? Um, I I see people overusing things. So, for example, guest posting was one that's in the past year people have been overusing because it's, been helping with SEO and Google kind of cracked down on that. Mm-hmm. And basically Google said, hey, it's not as valuable if you're doing it just for, you know, links. But if you're doing it actually to help your audience, you know, it's it's a good thing to help your audience. I, I mean, really anything in the SEO field, like just make sure it's good for your audience. Right. If it's good for your customers and your audience, it's going to be good for SEO. I mean, long-term, it's never going to hurt you. And, like, if it's not really that great, you know, if you're just, like, buying links or, you know, building up, you know, form submissions or things like that, it's not going to help you. Yeah. Basically, anything that has any kind of of perception of scamming the system is, is just not going to be a good thing in the long run. 
Correct. Yeah. Yep. How do you, how do you stay on top of all of this? I mean, you know, I'm I'm a business owner, and it's like going to a a car repair shop, and and I know my car's not running the way it should be, but I have no clue what's wrong, and they could tell me anything. And so, a business owner who goes out to an SEO specialist and says, "Help me, you know, elevate my site in the search engines," how do they know whether or not the person they're talking to is somebody who relies on a lot of these scam techniques as opposed to uh, you know, the more legitimate means of improving or boosting your SEO. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of it uh, along the lines of make sure you're talking with an expert. Um, do, some, uh, do some research on them. Google their name. Find out if they're actually an expert. If their name's out there, I mean, y- also, like, don't be, you know, shy to pay more than $5 an hour. Uh, I think so many people are like concerned about money that they're like, oh my word, like my budget's only five, ten dollars an hour. Like, can you make that work and give me an hour of consulting? And uh, you know, the true SEO professionals that I know, I mean, again, this isn't like a true like gauge on like things, Mm -hmm. but like all the SEO professionals I I know charge a lot more than five, ten bucks an hour. Oh, I I would imagine. Uh, you know, really get expert advice and find the, you know, one of the best people out there and say, hey, can I pay you for an hour of consulting? I just want to know, like, what's going on with my website? What can I work on? You know, what's hurting me? What's helping me? And get some expert advice from a true expert that's very well reputable online. John, it's been wonderful having you. Lots of tips and insights today. If someone were interested in talking more with you about this or finding out more about you, how can they track you down? You know, probably the best is just com. You can go through our contact form, or I'm also on Twitter, at John Rampton. At John Rampton and com. A-D-O-G-Y dot com. Thanks so much, John. We really appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks a lot. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit us at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.